0: We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Hey, 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 Las Vegas! What's happening, everybody? I am Crystal Heath. You're listening to KVXL 11.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Iwana started here at Liberty last night. That was a great time for everybody. The puggles are all growing up. Puggles weren't even a thing when I was in Iwana. Like You were in nursery. You you little people should consider yourself blessed that you now have an official Awanas program. And uh, and name for yourselves, because you didn't exist when I was little. <sighs> um, anyway, <laughs> it is Thursday, which means it is time to dive into all of the deep political topics of the week. You know, and each week... I generally I try not to think about this stuff on Monday cuz Monday is my day off. I don't know if you've all caught on to that, but Mondays we usually do like a best of show or I'll pick one of my favorite uh audio dramas like from Lamplighter Theater or Narnia or something like that that I'll play uh during that time cuz I'm I'm not here on Mondays. Uh Tuesday through Friday we're we're live though for the most part unless I'm like on vacation or something, but so you could pretty much just plan on me always being live. And uh So I I try not to think about what I'm going to talk about on Thursdays on Mondays. But once Tuesday rolls around, I start thinking through, okay, what are some topics that I need to start either start thinking about or formulate a more precise um, thought process on. And I have to tell you, on Tuesday of this week, like Tuesday morning when I started, because Tuesday morning is usually when I'll be like, okay, these are the topics that uh, that I can develop that we can talk about on Thursday. These are the things I need to start thinking through. Tuesday morning, I have to tell you, I was like, I got nothing, I got absolutely nothing. And so, but I I, I came up with some things, and uh, but I wasn't a big fan of honestly, really any of it. I was like, all right, well, this is the stuff we're going to talk about because it's slow. Newsweek. And then, you know, Tuesday turned into a, a busy Newsweek, if you will. um, And here we are. And I had a whole new program for today. Because, you know, Trump's lawyer's uh pleaded guilty got convicted and then everybody's like oh the president's getting impeached so now we have to talk about that and no i i don't think the president will actually be impeached at least not until uh february if he is so hang on to your seats today lots to come are we ready i'm going to say some things you're probably not going to like all right because sometimes the truth is painful So first off, okay, before I dive too far into this and why I don't think the president will be impeached, why I don't think that he should be impeached, uh, I need to start with some disclaimers, all right? Because I try to keep this as fair and as balanced as I can. I try to actually see both sides and present both sides because I, I think that that's only fair of someone who's supposed to be reporting on news, which I don't even know if that's what I do. But that's that's my goal. Like, I don't... We all talk about how everything's so polarized and it's so terrible. Well, yeah. So if you don't want it to be polarized, you got to learn to be able to see from the other side. So, let me say this. As a conservative... Uh, conservative to conservative now, okay? Conservatives, Republicans, Trump people, you need to stop, okay? You just need to stop with the, oh, well, look at what Obama did. Look at how, look at how Obama's campaign got fined. Do you remember Crooked Hillary? Crooked Hillary was a criminal. Hillary should be in prison. She's a criminal too. Cool, great, we get it. Obama was fined for, for campaign finance violations. Understood. We all remember. Yes, we know about Hillary. We remember Benghazi. We talked about all that. We all know. We all know. But you, when you're like, well, well, you want to talk about Trump, but look at what they did. No, when you say that, you sound like the manipulative four-year-old child who just hit his three-year-old brother because he took his Tonka truck and hit him first. And he's like, but he did it first, Bobby. No, it's, just don't do that. We know what the other kid did. It wasn't right. But that doesn't give you the right to hit him. We all know what Hillary did. We know what Obama did. We shouted it from the rooftops and decried it as evil and blasted it over and over and over again on talk radio and uh, pick your favorite conservative news station. We went over all of that. Remember those good old days? We know. We did it. Okay? But if if that was an issue for you... If you talked about that, or if you're even talking about it now, you can't just turn around when Trump gets in trouble for something similar and just brush it off and be like, it's no big deal because, hey, the other side did it, and and they were worse, and they got away with it, so stop trying to crucify Trump already, America haters. No, stop. It's not like that. Okay? Okay? First of all, you're not even really accurate when you're talking about Obama's campaign finance violations because there's no evidence or proof anywhere that Obama personally uh, instructed those campaign finance violations. And by the way, uh, it's not even, tr- it's most likely that Trump didn't even vi- violate campaign finance violations. So just stop with these things because they're not even accurate. And you cannot decry something as impeach worthy when one candidate does it and then pretend. it's no big deal when your guy does it because he did it first as the old saying goes two wrongs don't make a right instead what you should be focused on if you really want to be involved or talking about or commenting or sharing things on social media about this issue is in fact the facts And by facts, I do mean the facts pertaining to this particular case. Not something Obama did. Not something Hillary did. Not something Bill Clinton did. Not something George W. Bush did. No. If you want to talk about this issue, then talk about this issue. That's, like, fundamental for actually being fair and balanced when it comes to this thing, all right? And since I'm not a lawyer and I have no particular experience with the law except for one unfortunate incident involving a certain speed limit, uh, we will consult one of the most brilliant legal minds of our day on this case. But first, before we go there, I would also like to say this. All right. All, all of this introduction is a caveat to what I'm about to say because I, again, you, you need the balance. All right. And I'm not talking about policy now. Because I think that Trump has done a really a pretty good job on the policy side of things. I'm not a huge fan of all of the tariffing of late. But otherwise, for the most part, good on the policy. That said, I wish that we on the right could learn to come together in primary elections to choose godly men and women, to choose people of character to be our candidates. I wish that we would choose for our leaders those who do not have gross moral and ethical misconduct as part of their past. I do. And I don't care if it's the president, not a pastor. That doesn't matter to me. You can't elect an immoral individual and expect to get a moral leader. Yes, people can change, and, and they do. But I, I would prefer if we wouldn't play this guessing game of, well, he or she may be different if we just give them a chance. And hopefully they will be, but more often than not, if you buy a chicken, it's going to lay an egg. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, um, that's just that's just my opinion. I I wish we didn't have this question. I wish we didn't have. Uh, let me put it this way. I wish we didn't have a president, or, or 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 a news cycle where everyone is debating whether or not it was legal for the president to instruct someone to pay off. Uh, women with whom he had had affairs because in their silence seemed to be better for his chances at winning an election. Okay. I just wish that we didn't have that. You may not like that. I would dare to suggest such a thing, but I, you know, I think if we had someone different or perhaps with a different past, that this may not be an issue. And I, I, I just think that if you if you elect someone who you know has had things like this uh, repeatedly throughout their history that um that you cannot be shocked when something like this happens. Does that make sense? I'm not saying that I don't think that Donald Trump has done a good job as the president when it comes to policy. I have said repeatedly on this program that I think he has done a very good job, for the most part, when it comes to actual governing. But When it comes to the things that come out of his mouth, the things that appear on his Twitter, and much, if not most, of his past, I'm just not a fan. Because it, it's not in line with what I believe and who I am. And that may be different for you, and that's okay. All right, so that's that's my introduction for what I'm about to say, all right? Because I, I have to provide that basis before I can go on uh, to, to explain why I don't think that this is a big deal. Because it, for me to sit here on a Christian radio program and tell you, well, it's really not a big deal that the president uh, instructed a dude to pay some women some hush money, th- that is a big deal. Do you follow me? So I can't I can't just launch into something and be like, "Oh yeah, no Biggie, he's not going to be impeached." No, it it is a big deal and I don't approve of his past lifestyle or actions that led to this even being something that needed to be done. I don't think that it's wise of us to elect leaders who have histories like this. Okay? So do you understand? That's why I had this that's why I'm starting this this segment the way I have because I, I I don't approve of any of that at all policy okay that's a different conversation altogether alright and if you really want to be able to have a conversation with people about things like this then you have to be able to see the whole picture you can't just be all like he's my guy and my guy's perfect and my president and I love America and stop it no, that's that, you got to stop that. <sighs> anyway, so, here we go. Are you ready? I don't think the president will be impeached. At least not until February, okay? If the Democrats take control of Congress, then yes, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, but at this point, I don't see it happening. Here's why. Uh, from a political perspective, here's why. And then we'll get into the legal perspective. But first the political perspective, okay? For the House of Representatives to impeach a president, they have to have a majority vote. The case is then handed to the Senate to decide whether or not to convict based on that impeachment. And in the case of a presidential impeachment, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court presides as judge in the Senate. We are just months away from the midterm election in November. And despite how the media portrays this issue, polling data suggests that the majority of of Americans on both sides of the aisle are uneasy with the idea of impeaching Trump. Even if they don't like him, the idea of impeaching a president, everybody's kind of like, I don't know about that. So my prediction is that no one is going to touch this. Now, you know, probably like Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, sure. But no one's going to touch this, at least for now, because if they do, it will fail. And with the impending election, like it or not, every D.C. politician's main concern this time of year is maintaining their seat. So you don't want to antagonize, if you're a Republican, your pro-Trump base by impeaching him and if you're a democrat you know that you can still do this after the election so why risk potential voters by jumping on that bandwagon now again I don't think it happens before the election at the very least now, if Democrats do take control of the House in the midterm election, I would be surprised if they did not bring articles of impeachment against Trump, because why would you not do that? I know, I think the effort would still die in the Senate, because in while the House simply requires a majority, the Senate requires two-thirds of, of, of Senate uh, members to vote for conviction, and I just don't think that you would have that many Republicans willing to jump ship and turn on Trump on this one. I mean, unless there's like some blatantly, uh, blatant uh, uh, treason or something that comes up, I just don't see that happening because, and we'll get to this in a moment, technically what he's done here doesn't actually seem to be illegal. Now, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe there are Republicans who are just waiting, biding their time to turn on him and impeach him. But uh, I, either way, if the House votes to impeach Trump, even if the Senate uh, were to acquit him, uh, a Democratic House, they have nothing to lose in impeaching Trump because, no matter what the Senate does, an impeachment is automatically going to make it harder, in my opinion, uh, for Trump and for Republicans in the 2020 election. So that's the that's the political side of it, right? So the political side, in my opinion, is that impeachment proceedings will not be brought prior to the election, because bottom line uh DC elected officials th- their main concern right now is not impeaching the president for something that may or may not be illegal but is instead uh they're focused on getting reelected now if democrats take control of the house there would be no reason not to impeach the president from their perspective because it's it's a win-win for them politically even if the senate weren't to acquit him this just dampens uh GOP efforts for 2020. So if Democrats take control of the House, I think that Trump will be impeached uh, by the House. If they do not take control of the House, I think that this issue just goes away. So that's the political aspect of it. Now, the legal aspect of this, if you want to talk about whether or not what Trump did, uh, what Michael Cohen, plea his plea deal, (coughs) excuse me. Let's talk about this, all right? So uh, on on Tuesday, Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, pleaded guilty to charges of campaign finance violations, uh tax evasions and false statements to a financial institution. He while not naming Trump specifically, pretty I mean ever it's he's talking about Trump. So he basically said Uh, that then-candidate Donald Trump instructed him to make um, hush money payments, if you will, to women with whom he had had affairs uh, to buy their silence during the presidential election so that he would have a better chance of winning. However, Mark Levin, earlier this week on Fox News, pointed out, and I after doing some research into this, again, not a legal mind, but Levin is one of my most respected legal minds in this country, uh, with Ted Cruz and, and Mike Lee and, uh, Don Willett. He's, he's right up there for me. Uh, Levin had a really good point that people aren't necessarily <sighs> talking through. And then, um, Ben Shapiro, who's also a lawyer, made a really good point, which I'll get to in a moment. Uh, But first of all, let's just, I'm just going to quote Levin, okay? He's on Fox News and he said, I want to help the law professors, the constitutional experts, the criminal defense lawyers, the former prosecutors, and of course the professors, I want to help them understand what the law is. The general counsel for the mob family, Lanny Davis, he has had his client plead to two counts of criminality that don't exist. Just because a prosecutor says that someone violated a campaign law doesn't make it so. He's not the judge. He's not the jury. Nothing was adjudicated, and it never went to court. Now, here's what Levin is saying. A campaign expenditure under U.S. campaign finance law is an expenditure made, quote, solely for campaign activity, unquote. That's U.S. campaign finance law. Now, If then-candidate Trump, as Cohen is saying Trump did, if Trump paid Cohen his own money out of his own pocket to reimburse Cohen for paying off Stormy Daniels or any other woman with whom the president had relations, while that is highly immoral... It is not technically illegal. All right? Or to quote Levin, a candidate who spends his own money or even corporate money for an event that occurred not as a result of the campaign is not a campaign expenditure. Nothing here was spent out of the campaign. Nothing was done with the campaign or to the campaign. Mr. Davis had his client plead guilty to two offenses that aren't offenses that the prosecutor insisted were offenses. Donald Trump is in the clear. Let's say that Donald Trump even directed Michael Cohen to make payments in nondisclosure agreements. So what? He's allowed to do that. There was no violation of campaign laws in these payoffs, if you will. So, uh, let me let me break that down for you okay campaign finance law says that campaign expenditures must be made solely for campaign activities. Donald Trump reimbursing his lawyer for his lawyer making payments to women to silence them because. He doesn't think that would look good for his election efforts. Is not an expenditure solely for campaign activity. So where, the, but where the line is drawn? And as I say, even as I say that, I, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, "Well, but he made the payments because he thought it would help him get elected." Okay, so that's where that's where we start. That's where we start splitting hairs. Is on the motive. Technically though. While. uh, While we can debate the motive. This. This whole. uh, Issue was done outside of the campaign. Even if they were. Uh, In nondisclosure agreements, those nondisclosure agreements happened outside the campaign. The money to pay to accompany those nondisclosure agreements came from Trump personally. They did not come from campaign funds. Right? There's nothing that says that Trump can't do with his own money what he wants to do with his own money. If the money had come from the campaign itself that's different. Then it becomes a campaign expenditure. But you can't violate campaign finance law with campaign expenditures that aren't campaign expenditures. Let me okay, let me let me explain this in a different way. There is a, uh, a Republican representative named Duncan Hunter. Duncan Hunter and his wife, Margaret, on the same day that all this went down with Trump, this, this Tuesday, uh, Duncan Hunter and his wife, Margaret, were invite indicted uh, because of their illegal use of campaign funds. Right? So Duncan Hunter and his wife used campaign money to pay for a host of, of personal expenses um including uh, uh, dental bills, alcohol, uh, uh, golf shorts, luxury vacations, uh, kids' school, uh, lunches, uh, steak dinners, um, a family trip to Italy, and so on. In this indictment, it was found that Hunter, and, and it's just, it's 1,100 incidents of the Hunters in, in, in the, I think it's two years leading up to these illegal expenditures, 1,100 incidents of their bank accounts being overdrafted they'd accumulated almost $38,000 just in overdraft fees. This is illegal activity. Why? Because they're pulling money from their campaign to pay for personal items. Like dental bills, vacations, alcohol. Now, would it be illegal for them to pay their dental bills or pay for alcohol or pay for a vacation with money that came out of their own pocket no of course not nobody would think that would it be illegal for them for Duncan Hunter let's say he let's say he had repair work done to his teeth because he thought that having his teeth fixed uh would make him appear better uh, on, on uh, be a more electable candidate because he'd have a better smile. And he paid for that work with his own money. And that was the only thing that he had done. He wouldn't be indicted for that. He's allowed to pay for that with his own money. Even though his motive is, I think it will give me a better smile and I'll have a better chance of being elected. Now, he couldn't pay for that out of his campaign finance funds because that's a personal expense. But he did pay for it out of his campaign finance funds. Not to fix his smile. But they paid for dental bills. They paid for alcohol. They paid for a family trip to Italy for golf shorts and other golf clothing. uh, for, For just a myriad list of things that they spent campaign money on for personal items. That is illegal. But no one, again, would question them paying for these things with their own money. It's not related to the, it's not a campaign expenditure and campaign funds aren't used, then it's no problem. Now we can translate that over to the president. Again, immoral? Definitely. Unethical? For sure. But violation of campaign finance law to pay off women for their silence? with whom he had previously had affairs, technically not illegal, because the money is coming out of his own pocket and is related to events that were not, uh, that did not transpire during the campaign itself. Now, Ben Shapiro pointed out, and I hadn't thought of this before, uh, but he made a very good point, and that is that not only does trump have the defense of which and really there's no case here because it's not actually a campaign expenditure so there's no there's no violation of campaign finance law when it's not a campaign expenditure uh so so there's that but even on top of that defense is the defense that donald trump literally there is there <laughs> There is record after record after record in his life prior to ever running for office of him paying people for their silence on different issues, most of them being women, most of them being pretty much exactly the same thing as what Cohen is is saying now, except now it just happened to be that Trump was a candidate when he was paying off these women. So really, if if you combine the two, there's just, legally speaking, there's no... um. There's no case here. There just isn't. Immoral? Yes. Without question. Obviously. God's plan is one man, one woman, for one lifetime. But morality and legality don't always run parallel. And in this case, the legality would suggest that Donald Trump, legally speaking would not be impeached because it's not illegal for a candidate to instruct his staff to use his own personal money to pay women for their silence highly unethical, immoral you bet your favorite puppy dog it is but technically, it's not illegal And some of you guys right now, you're like, okay, all right, so, all right, I get all that, but could you just explain impeachment, indictment, acquittal? What, what is all this stuff anyway? What happens if they do impeach Donald Trump? Like, what, what does this mean? No worries. No worries. Because when we return from the break, we are going to talk about the history of impeachment, what it means, and what happens if it happens. You ready? All right. Don't go away then. We will return in just a few moments. This is the Ball Brothers with Mercy Tree. All right. We are back. You're listening to KVXL one point one FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas and I just realized that I'm not hearing anything out of one side of my headphones. That's really strange. Okay. Never mind. You don't need to know that. You don't need to know that. All right. So First segment, we covered why I don't think that, politically speaking, uh, Trump will be impeached uh, because of all of the um, Cohen-Manafort stuff, stuff, uh, as well as, legally speaking, why I don't think there's a case against him even past this election, but also why... If the Democrats take control of the House, there would be no reason for them not to at least attempt to bring impeachment uh, proceedings. So, we covered all of that. If you missed it, don't worry. It's going to be on iTunes, SoundCloud. Just search The Frittle Show. You can go and listen and enjoy. And then you can send me your thoughts and your comments on Facebook and Twitter at The Frittle. But, now we will address the question that so many people are asking... Okay. Under I got I'm with you. You're like I was with you for the first part, but could you tell me what exactly does impeachment mean? What happens if the president is impeached? Okay. So, let's talk about that. If the president were to be impeached and then convicted, he would then be removed from office. And if that were to happen, Mike Pence becomes president. Uh, so the order goes: um, the order of succession is vice president, then Speaker of the House, which would be Paul Ryan. Then I believe it's the Speaker Pro Tem, which is I think Orrin Hatch, and then it goes to Secretary of. Is it Secretary of? What is it, Secretary of State? I think it was the Secretary of State. Yeah, Secretary of State is fifth. Mike Pompeo would be would be fifth in line. Or fourth in line, I guess if you don't count Trump. So if Trump were to be impeached and he were to be convicted, uh Mike Pence would re- would assume the presidency and uh and then um and then things would go from there. Paul Ryan would also uh be making a move. But for that to happen, all right, so you have to, for an impeachment, an impeachment, okay, all right, let's 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 back up. We're just going to back way, we're going to do this whole thing, all right? We're going to talk about the whole history of impeachment, what it is, how it happens. I'm just going to cover it all for you because that would be easier than me trying to piecemeal it together and because you probably don't know the history of why we have an impeachment process and, and that George Washington is actually one of the reasons that we do. All right. So picture this year at the constitutional convention in Philadelphia in 1787, there is great debate. All right. The country is in its teenage years. Actually, no, it's not yet. It's a preteen. It's a preteen aged country. And, uh, George Washington is there. Alexander Hamilton is there. Benjamin Franklin is there. And they're debating whether or not uh, the legislative branch should have the power to impeach the executive branch. Now, one of the reasons that this was such a big issue for these guys is because the entire impeachment process uh, was adapted from British law. Now, uh... Some were more inclined than others to embrace different parts of British law, and uh, it ended up being that impeachment was one of the things that we adapted from the British uh, very closely mirroring uh, their system. Some framers of our Constitution did not like the idea of the impeachment clause because they thought that having the legislative branch sit in judgment uh, on things relating to the executive branch could violate uh, the separation of powers that they had worked so hard to establish. The, uh, the swing, if you will, ended up coming from Elbridge Gary of Massachusetts, who would later serve in the House of Representatives, was there at the Constitutional Convention, moved on to be vice president under James Madison. He said at the convention, he said, uh, as they were debating it, debating it, a good magistrate or a good president will not fear impeachments, but a bad one ought to be kept in fear of them. And so, Article 2, Section 4 was decided upon at the Constitutional Convention and states that, quote, The President, Vice President, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes, and misdemeanors. So this is something that, that most people don't know, is that impeachment is not simply a process that can be brought against the president. That's what we most think of it as, because, uh, in at least in our generation, the only time we've really seen this carried out... Um, Uh, That that's something that we're aware of, is obviously with uh, former President Bill Clinton was impeached uh, by the House of Representatives, then was acquitted by the Senate, and that's why he was able to stay in office. But the impeachment process is a process put in place by our founding fathers that can be used against any elected official or civil officer as the Constitution puts it, uh, of the United States. It can be used against the Vice President. It can be used against anyone in the House, anyone in the Senate. It can be used against any uh, uh, any official of the United States. Any elected official at the federal level, level um, can be impeached by both houses of Congress. Now, the term impeachment itself does not mean the removal of an elected official from office. Again, that's why President Bill Clinton was able to be impeached and yet still serve as president. Impeachment is merely the first step in removing an official from office, and in a sense is, in some ways, more like a major slap on the wrist. Because if you are impeached by the House, that doesn't mean that you're done for. But it means that there's a possibility you will be. Okay? So what happens is the House of Representatives, uh, someone in the House of Representatives files. Uh, formal charges against the individual which they are looking to impeach, they vote on these charges, if you will, and if more than half of the House of Representatives votes uh, to 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 say yes, uh, we think that the, that the individual in question is guilty of these things, then those charges are sent over to the Senate, where the Senate essentially tries. Uh, becomes the the jury, if you will, on the matter. So, so the House, um, any representative in the House can initiate impeachment proceedings at any time by simply introducing a bill, or they can pass a resolution. Either one, uh, with a simple majority of votes, uh, can pass the Articles of Impeachment or Article of Impeachment onto the Senate for trial. In the Senate the Senate becomes then, as mentioned, the jury. It's the courtroom, it's the jury, uh, it's the judge, um, and, and everything operates the same in the Senate for impeachment proceedings against elected officials unless that elected official is the president. When an impeachment proceeding is brought against a sitting president of the United States, then the chief justice of the Supreme Court acts as the judge to convict the individual in question or the president, uh, based on the impeachment that's brought by the House, requires a two-thirds majority vote of the Senate. Usually, but not always, the judgment brought down by the Senate based on the recommendation of impeachment from the House, or the impeachment proceedings, rather, that were, were brought forward by the House... Usually the penalty is removal from office. Not always. But usually that's the result. Sometimes that removal from office also comes with a disqualification from holding any offices in the future. So if you are indicted as, say, a senator, you can't go back to your state and run uh, for governor or or run for House of Representatives or something uh, like that. In our history, in our country, eight presidents of the United States have faced impeachment. In 1843, Representative John Botts of Virginia uh, proposed a resolution that uh, would impeach John Tyler. John Tyler thought that, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Botts thought that President Tyler was mishandling uh the Treasury and misusing uh his his veto power so um sorry, not eight years presidents have been impeached they faced impeachment so uh this was the first time that uh um that impeachment proceedings were brought forward. The House of Representatives voted down the resolution, so that did not go anywhere. Andrew Johnson was the next president to face impeachment. He became president uh, once Abraham Lincoln had been assassinated. In 1868, he dismissed Edwin Stanton from his position as Secretary of War. Congress stated that, uh, that by doing so, Johnson had violated the Tenure of Office Act, which prohibited the president from removing officials that were confirmed by the Senate, unless the Senate said, yeah, you can remove them. So they said, you violated this. And in 1868... Uh, he was impeached by the House of Representatives, however, his trial in the Senate couldn 't garner enough votes to remove him for office, and so he was able to finish out his term and then Of course, we had richard nixon uh, that uh, that uh, uh, that faced impeachment. however, before we get to Nixon, let me mention that that uh, Impeachment articles were filed against Grover Cleveland, Herbert Hoover, Harry Truman, Ronald Reagan, and George H.W. Bush. Now none of those uh passed uh it passed the House of Representatives, but it is interesting uh, to me at least to note that of you know we had eight presidents that were impeached and then Cleveland, Hoover, Truman, Reagan, and George H.W. Bush all had impeachment proceedings filed against them. They didn't make it out of the House. But they were brought forward. Uh, so anyway, so Nixon, obviously the whole Watergate uh, scandal, the House of Representatives approved three articles of impeachment against uh, Nixon. He, his, uh, that was moved to the Senate, but before the Senate proceeded with their hearings, where he probably would have been convicted, uh, Nixon decided to resign. Uh, Bill Clinton, then obviously, was impeached in 1998 over allegations of perjury and obstruction of justice, uh, both related to the Monica Lewinsky scandal. There were two articles of impeachment that were uh, approved against him, but he, uh, like uh, Johnson, was acquitted by the Senate and was able to finish out his second uh, four-year term in office. Now impeachment when when george washington and ben franklin and alexander hamilton everyone is discussing this in 1787 it wasn't supposed to be something that was all willy-nilly do this whenever it was considered a power that 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 shouldn't be Used by the legislative branch, except in extreme cases. That's why the wording is so limited in in, in Section Four of Article Two of the Constitution. That that removal from office and impeachment is brought. The impeachment proceedings are brought for conviction, or I'm um, sorry, impeachment and conviction are brought for treason, bribery, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. All right, so treason—that's pretty obvious sorry, you're not going to, you're not going to be sticking around for that. Bribery? Yeah, pretty much know the definition of that too. Where things get fuzzy is in this other high crimes and misdemeanors. That is an extremely broad uh, statement. (laughs) And I kind of wish our founders would have narrowed that down a little bit. It would have helped us out. But they couldn't anticipate everything that would happen. And so in some senses, I'm glad that they didn't because it could have made it a very narrow uh, statement and then it would have had a narrow uh, application. But in this case, it, it is somewhat broad. And so it is a possibility that even though it doesn't seem that legally, uh, the president, as as I went through in great detail in the first segment, while what the president did was, in my opinion, grossly immoral, it is not, in fact, illegal for him to use his own money in any way that he desires. The whole issue, as, again, went through this in great detail, the whole issue with this thing and the impeachment, their case rests on uh, Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, pleading guilty to violating campaign finance law, and what they're saying is that he violated campaign finance law, by uh, paying off women with whom the president had, uh, had had affairs, and that by paying him off, that that was a violation of campaign finance law. However, legally speaking... Um, it can 't be a violation of campaign finance law when campaign funds were not used, so the president out of his own pocket paid for this, and on top of that, he has long standing precedent throughout his life of having paid off other women uh, in in very similar situations uh, for for their silence before ever becoming uh, a presidential candidate, so legally speaking. Uh, To wrap this all up and put a nice little bow on top of it, legally speaking, in my opinion, not as a lawyer, but as someone who has looked at this from different directions and, uh, and listened to what I think are some of the most brilliant legal minds in our country, legally speaking, I do not see... A case against the president here, politically speaking, I don't see impeachment proceedings beginning prior to the election because, despite how it's portrayed by the media, most of America is very uneasy with the idea of an impeachment process, and so I think that uh, that it will not behoove uh, the majority of elected officials to head that direction and so unless somebody like like Nancy Pelosi just wants to attempt to file a resolution because it's not going to hurt her regardless th- unless something like that were to happen um and and that may prior to the election but i don't the the house will not i don't see any way that the house would actually uh that the majority of house members would vote uh for that impeachment process um and in an approval of that impeachment to send it over to the Senate prior to the election. Now if Democrats take control of the House in the election, I could see impeachment process uh that happening in February or March of next year, possibly even later in the year because again, it this is all political game and uh and impeachment even if he's acquitted by the Senate impeaching the president would damper things for the GOP and for President Trump's uh, 2020 election chances. So politically speaking, Democrats would have nothing to lose if they were to bring impeachment uh, proceedings after uh, this election. But I think they're a little bit wary of what could happen if they bring them prior to the midterm elections. They don't want to do anything that could uh, could inspire uh, Trump's base, if you will, to turn out and vote in greater numbers than they already will. And uh, a whole impeachment process uh, could very easily uh, cause that to happen. So I, I don't think you see that prior to the election. If you do see a resolution being brought forth, I very strongly doubt that it would proceed from the House. So, now you have it. That is my opinion, my thoughts on the whole... Uh, the, everything's falling apart and the president's going to be impeached. I, I just... I don't... I don't see it. I don't see his being actually impeached. I don't see that passing the House A resolution, maybe, by somebody like Pelosi. Uh, but I, I, I don't think that will will pass, at least not prior to uh, prior to the election. But, never know. I could be completely wrong. I have been completely wrong before. I know it's hard to believe, but every once in a while, that does happen. I know. I know. You're shocked. It's alright. I'll give you a moment to recover. Okay, that should have been enough time. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's been great to have you with us. If you missed the beginning of the program where I went through all of the uh, ins and outs and legalities and political aspects of this thing... Uh, you can go and listen to the podcast edition of this program on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search The Friddle Show, and that should take you uh, right to it. Thanks again for being with us today. We're broadcasting from Liberty Baptist Church at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard in Las Vegas, and we would love to have you and your family as our guests at our service on Sunday morning at 930 or 1115. If you can't be here in person, that's all right. You can stream us online. Visit our website at Experience. Liberty liberty.com, or if you go like us on Facebook at Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas, you can watch a live stream of our services there as well. Tomorrow is Friday, which means I'm going to be giving some stuff away, so you do not want to miss that. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. We're going to end with Steve Green. Your grace still amazes me. See you back here, same time, same place, tomorrow. Adios, amigos.